Hello, hello. This is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. I'm so delighted for you to join us today. I'm having a great conversation with a gentleman named Steve Sapato. So today I meet Steve for the first time, and you and I will get to know him in this conversation. We're going to be providing him with a coaching conversation. Steve, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Can't wait to see what we have to say, right? (laughs) So Steve, you live in Florida. I do, Tampa, Florida. And you are a professional public speaker. I am. And if I understand correctly, your mission in life is to help other professional speakers get on stage more. That's right. Uh, I've been a professional speaker for over 40 years. And, you know, at some points in time, you get tired of traveling a lot. And uh, a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to spend more time helping other speakers. Now, I've also taught college. So I taught speaking in college and how to get people uh, past their fear of speaking, that type of thing. But this was more designed. So uh, we're the alternative to a TEDx. We're called Speaker Talks. And it's designed to help those speakers who really want more to get a scissor reel, professionally recorded thing. And uh, uh, that way, we also help them get on more stages so they can make more money. I mean, that's what it's all about is you helping me, me helping them, right? So tell me a little bit about what's happening now. Like COVID hit, the game has changed. So like, what is your current real challenge? What are you facing? Well, um, what I'd switched to before was the Speaker Talks um, event. And what that was is you bring in an audience of 50 to 70 people. You put 15 people on a stage who are going to be speaking so they can talk to a live audience, you know, in-person audience so they can get the reactions. So they can what we call a sizzle reel. So if you're a speaker, you need a sizzle reel to send to these companies because they're not going to pay you five or $10,000 for a speaking opportunity if you don't have anything to show that you're good at what you do. So we started off a couple of years ago doing that. And of course, COVID hit and we were forced to get, to postpone our March event, moved it to June thinking, well, that'll, this will probably be over by then. You know, I mean, how bad is the flu? But obviously we've learned that is a lot more, <laughs> more entailed than that. Yeah. But um, so the challenge is now that we're going to be looking at doing an event in March and uh, we're hoping that uh, most of that. Uh, COVID stuff so will be behind moved, us. You've moved this June event to March. Well, we had a June event. And okay, of course, and how the did problem, it go? Well, you know, I mean, everybody was terrified. So yeah. what went from 70 people in an audience to 27 people in an audience, and I went from 15 speakers to nine speakers, uh, because some of the speakers just said, I, I don't feel comfortable flying in. Yeah. Um, so, so the challenge, of course, comes is how do you get people to an event uh, first of all, you got to have a lot. You got to have an audience for these people to speak to. Otherwise, they're just talking. And so, how do you get people to come to watch these speakers? And then, um, how do people feel comfortable going out and speaking uh, when there's so much terror and so much fear out there? Uh, so that was our challenge. So I managed to do that a little bit in the last event. So in June, we had our event. Uh, struggled with it, of course, because mm-hmm. everybody still had to be six feet apart, so the audience mm-hmm. wasn't even you know, a close audience. It was everybody wide apart and no relationship. And that's what you really need to see, be seen. And so that's, that's our challenge for, uh, we're going to be doing the next one in March. Then we were going to be doing it in January, February, but we still look like we're going to be. Okay. So you, you, what you're saying is my challenge is how do I fill the room in March? How do I get the speakers and how do I get the people? I would suggest to you that you have a different challenge. Okay. 
Okay. And, and really your challenge is uh, to reconfigure your business. How do I <laughs> reconfigure my business to address the needs of speakers today? So when you say speakers don't want to go out and travel, I get it. I'm a speaker. I'm not going anywhere. I'm certainly not coming to the States. I'm in Canada, right? For a million reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going. And <laughs> Exactly. And I don't want to be uh, in a crowd. And I don't want people who come to see me to be in a crowd either. Like for me, I just don't want to create that environment. I don't want to be the reason that people come um, and gather together. It just doesn't feel right to me. Not cool. Having said that, I do a ton of speaking from home. And uh, what I'm doing currently is all virtual. So anywhere from a 30-minute presentation that's pre-recorded to a three-hour in-person, live, facilitated workshop. I'm doing all of it. When which, I first... which we are also doing, you know. So I yes. mean, I teach I teach my speakers online. So like, if you were from well, like if you're from Canada and you said, Steve, I want to be a better speaker. I can teach you how to be a better speaker using video, audio, all that good stuff. Well, that, I, I don't ahead. doubt that you have the ability. I just think your format isn't serving today's needs. Well, I'll say yes and no, because I'm still a believer. First of all, you and I obviously differ widely on the Corona stuff, because I'm like, uh, I have people all the time on my Facebook who say, well, wait until you go out and you face death. I go, I never wear a mask. You know, if, if I have to go someplace to wear a mask, I will. But I don't believe in it. I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to get over COVID like 99.3% of the people do. So what? But I'm saying next year when we're really past this, and that's what I'm gearing towards is next year, there's going to be live performances for people like you and I, and people will need to see these people performing live. So I'm still... I can teach you how to, matter of fact, I, I have a, a certification for people to be virtual presenters, okay? And I teach them how to be good online. Um, but there's also going to be that need. And I'm not asking for thousands of speakers, but I'm looking for the speakers who next year know that they're going to have to get in front of two to 500 people in a live audience next year, a year from now. Uh, and and that's who the that's who the audience is still geared to because everybody told me uh, in March when that was postponed why don't you just cancel why don't you just throw it away I went I got nine people you know when I narrowed it down it was fourteen at the time but I said I got nine people who definitely want their video uh, show showcasing them and I'm doing it for them and that was that was the people who showed up mm -hmm. so anyway go ahead so so what I, what I'm suggesting mm -hmm. is that you don't necessarily throw out your model. But I think that there's an opportunity that maybe can be leveraged. And really what I'm suggesting is that, you know, you said something very interesting and I want to really hone in on that. And you said, I don't believe that we should be wearing, well, you should be, you don't want to wear a mask. And I'm not <laughs> here to discuss the mask issue, but I am here to discuss how our beliefs influence our behaviors. Okay. So that's what I'm here to, to discuss. So your belief is there's still going to be a market for live presentations. You might be right. And there is absolutely currently 100% a market for virtual presentations right here, right now. Do you agree with me? Is that a belief yes. that you can take on? Absolutely. And so the question becomes, for me, how do we leverage current status, right? How do we leverage what's happening right here 
if we both believe and agree that there's a market here, and quite frankly, I think you can fill it. I think you have the expertise, the background, the knowledge, the ability to really serve this market. So as I think to myself, I would love a virtual sizzle reel. Because I don't think that everybody is at the same level in delivering virtual presentations. I've attended <laughs> so many of them. Oh, yeah. Boring. And, I, I say, matter of fact, my, uh, my, my speech back there is stop boring speakers, which is what exactly, you and I talk about. Exactly. Yeah. So how do we help the virtual speaking population where there's no debate about mask or no mask? There is a need. It's a black and white need, right? It's evident. How do we create sizzle reels for virtual presenters? And how do we distinguish between an amazing virtual presenter and a not amazing presenter? Because for me personally, you know, I'm doing presentations. I'm making them as interactive as I humanly can. If I can pick up a few tools and tips, I'm happy to. But also when I go and pitch myself as a speaker, to for events or you know different organizations i want to be differentiated can you help me i like that if you're from my perspective if you're not understanding that need you're missing an opportunity that's a real good point i you know that's a very good point because while i i think i said i offer virtual training it wasn't a focus it was more like, eh, I offer that. So you're saying if I make that more of my focus for the next six or eight months, that I'll be able to change my business. Yes. And it's not to say throw everything else out because in a year, 18 months, wonderful, you can come back. But right now there's an urgent need for exactly what you have the ability and the training and the expertise to deliver. And That's so... Right. So for me, it's the difference between pushing this massive boulder uphill against the tide of what's happening in the world, because your beliefs are different from a lot of other people's beliefs. 80% of the people. Right. Or it's to say, okay, here's the situation right now. How do I leverage this opportunity? How do I turn it into an, an advantage? How do I serve the needs of people right now? And I would tell you with absolute certainty, Boredom in presentations is an issue. Great. I like that information. Obviously, I'm taking a lot of notes. So if anybody else is listening to this, uh, taking the notes on what we're learning, taking notes on what we do is really uh, a part. Because when I get done with this, uh, I'll forget three quarters of it because that's what we all do. And if I've got it written down, I can refer back and uh, get that information back from Kim. So yeah, I can still watch my presentation, which I hope to do. But while I'm just sitting here, it's really good to say, wait, what did we talk about here? And that's a really good point. And um, so I thank Kim for uh, making sure that I'm not entrenched in my belief. She asked me the right questions to, to make sure I wasn't, this is what I'm going to do because she and I know that that's where we find some people, right? I'm not going to change because this is who I am. But uh, you know, even at my age, uh, being able to change, make that change is really uh, vital to our success. And that's a really good point. I really like that you uh, popped me out of, and that's what you did. You popped me out of, I have to do this to, oh, wait, I can do this. 
Yes. And uh, and I want to just ask you, I guess, a practical question, Mm -hmm. two practical questions, because I think a lot of people who are listening are also exposed to a lot of boring speakers. Like, what can we do to not be boring? (laughs) Well, first thing is have a good time. Um, One of the things, matter of fact, I I, I love I've got a saying that is uh, when I talk to people, people say, well, I've got uh, boring material. I go, nope, your material is dry. You're boring. Okay. And, and, and there's a big difference because um, I was a real estate appraiser for 20 years. Uh, I mean, I've had tons of different jobs because I, I get bored easily. So I move on. So I've always got two or three jobs going at a time. But I would sit in these horribly boring continuing education courses where as a, as a presenter, I would watch the guys up there just talking about the material, the material. And they could have included the materials in stories. They could have got us involved that way. And so one of the things that will uh, really help people stop being boring, and I, I, I've got a signature course called Storytizing. And the reason I don't call it storytelling is because there are a ton of people out there who say, I will help you be a great storyteller. And I say storytelling is for kindergarten, right? And that's what it is because they'll teach you how to do a different inflection or a lot of, I just read one, I just stuck it in one of my speaker files that they say, and when you tell your story, then you have to say how that impacts the audience. And then you tell more of your story. And the one thing I tell everybody that I work with is take the I, the me, and the my out of your story and make it about them. So I could tell you, I went to the grocery store today. I got in my car. I drove to the grocery store. I get out of the parking lot and I see all the people wearing masks. I don't want to merit wear a mask, so I have to evaluate. Now, you're already bored. You don't care what Steve wants. So if on the other hand, I, I said, want to kind of hear how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But if I said, on the other hand, hey, you ever been to the grocery store? Have you gone recently? And you're automatically involved. Yep, I was here. You know, and when you drove there, uh, did you see people with masks on in their car? Maybe you did, you know, and what did you think when you saw them? But see, now I've got you thinking of the story. And when you pulled up in the parking lot, were there other people wearing their mask? Have you decided to wear a mask or not wear a mask? And all it is is, now I'm making the story about you, and it's a it's a different story, same story, but now it's about you. So I say you have to use their memories and emotions, and that's the difference between a very successful pre- person leading a meeting and somebody leading a boring meeting. So. That's very good input. So this is the kind of thing we can apply to any type of presentation, a virtual presentation, a live presentation. And to me, I think it's even more needed because more people are presenting online, people who aren't even traditional speakers, right? So when we look at the speaking world, they're more polished, more prepped, more practiced, more experienced. But now when we look at the virtual world, so many more people are being placed in the role of presenter. And so to me, the need for your type of services is at a much, much higher level. So to me, the question is, what kind of training can we offer? What kind of sizzle reel can we put together that is virtually based, that you can literally capture from your home? You don't even have to travel. And um, how can you serve a market like me? I'm the market, right? Who desperately wants to be doing a lot more virtual presentations and uh, and is looking for a way to differentiate between myself and other amazing speakers. How do I do that? 
how do you differentiate yourself? Is that what your question was? Yeah, I'm saying how yeah. do we use that sizzle reel to make that big difference? I think if if what you're doing is you're sending out this reel to other people who are looking to see if I could be, let's say, I'm going to leave it on me, that if I could be one of their presenters, what I want to send out in that sizzle reel are clips, and they would be clips of like this, of us either telling the story or laughing and having a good time or getting some dry material out by using the right verbiage. And those, right. when we talk about those, uh, if you've included that in your scissor reel, you certainly talk about that when you submit that. You say, this could have been boring material, yes, but it's not. Right. But what I'm suggesting to you is that mm -hmm. you're in a perfect position oh. to create sizzle reels that are virtual. Yep. 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 That's, yeah. Steve, you put that here. <laughs> Steve, where do people find you if they want to learn more about your services? Um, well, first of all, I always tell them to contact me directly, steve at stevesapato.com, steve at stevesapato.com, or you can go to stevesapatoseminars.com. And if you just want to look up and see uh, what I've done, type in Steve Sapato on Google, you'll probably find 400,000 pages because I'm old. So I've been on there since the beginning. So uh, you'll find all kinds of information about me. I know you're going to uh, uh, trust yourself as to whether you should talk to me. And I always encourage people to talk because... Um, just because you want to learn from somebody doesn't mean it should be me, right? We might connect, you know, like Kim and I connect pretty well right here. We could probably work together, create other things, but sometimes we just don't click, right? We don't have the same connection. So always investigate, always interview before you hire somebody. Amazing. Thank you so much, Steve, for being on this podcast with me, for sharing the challenge and for allowing me to kind of tweak maybe some of your thinking for those of you who are listening, if you have a challenge and you would like a little bit of coaching, please reach out to me. My name is Kim Addis, as you know, and my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If you're thinking that you have a challenge, but you're not so comfortable being on a podcast, reach out to me anyway, kim at frameofmindcoaching.com, and we can talk and maybe coaching is the right way for you to go. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Steve. And until we see you again. Thank you very much.